0: Hey folks, welcome back. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love for us. God, I thank you for all that you do. Even before we get started, God, I just yield all that I am to you. I just say, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me, fill us. Open our ears, open our eyes. Let us see your word. Let us hear your voice. And God, don't just open our minds to understand but open our hearts to just embrace what it is you're teaching, what you, what it is you have for us. Lord, that you would challenge each and every person listening, myself included. God, that we would just grow closer to you, that we would grow more like you. Father, I thank you for this time. I give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. So Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. He took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. He spat and touched his tongue. Then looking to heaven, he sighed, and he said to them, or he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. Immediately his ears were open, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, "He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak." So there's a handful of interesting things going on here, and um, even looks a little weird at times. Um, so we've got this guy; he he can't speak, he can't hear. Um, and when and when they and when Jesus took him, he took him aside, he took him away from the crowd. But the first thing he does is he put his fingers in his ears, and then he spit and touched his tongue. So that's just like makes me step back and say, Jesus, what on earth are you doing? Um, And I don't want to go dig too deep into that. I'm sure there's all sorts of commentaries and thoughts. um, But reality is the takeaway that I get from this is Jesus um, was in relationship with his father. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. um, And in the moment, Jesus knew what he needed to do. Um, It's not a magic formula. I wouldn't recommend if you're going out trying to pray for those people that um, are deaf and are mute. I would not recommend spitting on your hands and touching people's tongues. Um, I wouldn't recommend you shoving your fingers in people's ears unless that's what God's told you to do. But, um, and that would be why Jesus did it, because he knew that's what needed to happen for whatever reason. Um, He took them away. He he took him away from the crowd. He didn't do it in front of everybody. He, um, he spit on this guy, he stuck his fingers in his ears. And then once he healed him, um, he commanded him not to tell anybody to just kind of go keep it quiet. So there's a handful of different things happening, but verse 34 is really what I want to look at. Um, and it says, then looking up to heaven, he sighed for whatever reason, that one word got my attention and I don't want to, there's all sorts of things we can do when you're studying and you're reading the word. There's all sorts of things you can do. You can find, you can find commentaries. You can find other people's thoughts. You can look up definitions, but I came on that one word, that just that one little statement that he sighed and it just caused me to stop. I'm like, God, Why? why in the midst of this, why when Jesus is about to heal this, did he sigh? I mean, I can't, I I don't, I can't imagine Jesus is frustrated. I can't imagine that Jesus is even like tired. So he's just like, okay, here we go again because it doesn't fit the character of what I know Jesus, but it tells us right here that he sighed. And I'm just, I'm like, God, why? And as I prayed and as I just listened to what God was saying, and I just like read it over a couple of times, um, there was, it wasn't so much a frustration, but it was a heartache that Jesus felt. Um, And this is, and this is what I believe. And I mean, this, this is what I'm about to share. is going to line up with scripture, but it's, you're not going to find all of it right here in this text. But as you, if you were to read through the gospels, you read through Jesus life, you'll see that this really does kind of, can kind of, kind of line up. Uh, So I'm nothing I'm saying goes against scripture. And that's, really important to know when you're, when you're reading the word, especially when you run into something that kind of catches your attention. You're like, God, what are you trying to say? What's, what's going on here? Make sure whatever conclusion you come to matches with the entirety of scripture. It matches with Jesus character, not just your thoughts on a verse or a few. In this case, it's, it's two words. He sighed. Um, If you just let your brain run and don't don't kind of keep things in check. And within the context of scripture as a whole, you can get yourself in some dangerous places. Um, but what I'm sh- what I'm sharing on this, it, it, it fits with what we know of scripture. It doesn't contradict the character of Christ. We see a couple other times where similar things have happened, but when it says that he sighed, um, Jesus wasn't frustrated, but he was almost, almost that, that, that sigh of heartbreak, that sigh of, um, Of, because they just, they didn't really get it. Um, so as I was praying about it, God just said, there's so many people that were coming to Jesus because they needed, they needed something in their life to change. They had the part of their life they thought was broken that they didn't like. That was, it was, it was inconvenient. It was a problem. I mean, in this case, the guy couldn't hear or speak. That's probably a pretty big problem. Um, but people were coming because they wanted part of their life to change they wanted they wanted jesus to change the part that they didn't like so that things could be better but then they were not willing to follow him after that they weren't willing to give up everything they were willing to give up the parts that were inconvenient the parts that were broken but they weren't really they weren't ready to give up the things that were going good for them and just as i think about that it's so so true today in our world. It's, and folks, there's been, there's times when it's been true for me. It's like, okay, God, I need you to move in this area of my life. I need you to change this. I need you to do this for me. I really want this to change, but am I really willing to give up everything? Am I really willing to set everything down for the sake of following Jesus? Because he doesn't just call me to put down the things that aren't working. Um, he's not just saying, okay, um, He's not just saying to the alcoholic, okay, I'm going to take the alcoholism away and I'm going to make that better. He's saying, but I'm also going to take your frustration and your, um, away from you. I'm also going to take, um, maybe this hobby that you've got that, you know, that it consumes you. I also want you to let go of that. Um, he's not just, he's not just taking away the addictions or the sickness. He's saying, I want your entire life to be committed to me. I want the entire purpose and driving force behind your life to be, to grow up. And be like me, um, but so many times we see that that's not what people did. They came, they got their healing, they got what they got, what they needed and what they want wanted from Jesus, and they went on their way. In folks' reality, that is still so true today. But part of that, just just think about that for a second. Jesus knew why they were coming, and Jesus still does. He knows all things. He's he he was God in the flesh, so there's nothing there's nothing that's hidden from him. He knows the motives and the intentions of everyone's heart. And even today, there are people that come to God just because they need something. They want something in their life to be better. And folks, he meets the need. He comes and he does what only he can do. Uh, people come to church and they go and they, they come in and the thing is you can get blessings just by following God's principles. Um, but there's a passage of scripture and I don't remember where it is right offhand, but, uh, it says that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. <coughs> so God's not discriminatory um, in how he just how things pour out. He doesn't. It's not just that um, when you're following God, that everything goes well. Because folks, there's a lot of people that look to be doing really, really well in this life that have nothing to do with God. Uh, we see it in um, in the media all the time that you've got these these great these famous um, successful Hollywood folks that or successful businessmen that they've got what everyone, they've got what everyone on earth, well I shouldn't say everyone what so many people on earth would call call success. They've made it. They've got the money, they've got the job, they've got the cars, they've got the house. But then out of nowhere we find they take their own life. Um, they find success, they find all those things. And folks, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Of heavenly light, so everything that's good comes from God. So there are blessings that fall on the godless. Um, I mean, the fact that that God allows them to live, that that He lets them, that He lets them go and do their own thing. God's not sitting there saying, "Well, until you come from Me, I'm not going to let it rain on your house. Your grass is going to be all dried up. Your job's going to be horrible." It's not what God's saying. That's not what He's doing. He gives everybody the opportunity to come of their own free choice. He draws them to himself, but they have a choice to come. And he doesn't just withhold everything from them. Folks, there's times when all that stuff is actually what keeps people further from God because, well, I don't want to give up this. I don't want to give up that. And, and folks, Jesus knew so much of that. And, and as as I read just these two words, it reminds me that Jesus knew it reminds me that Jesus knew everything. He knew the hearts and intentions of every man that he encountered. He knew that So many people would be healed, would be blessed, would be fed. Um, so many people would come for an experience to say, "I was there, I saw Jesus." But their lives would never be yielded to Him. They would turn and just continue doing the same old things day after day, and living so much less than what He was paying the price for. Um, and folks, that's true today, and that makes me just stop. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here pointing the finger at everybody else, saying, "Well, you got to do this, you got to do this." I've got to check me before I can even say anything to anyone else I've got to look at me and I got to say I've got to ask my que- myself the question is there stuff that I'm holding am, am I, is there stuff that I'm holding back from God? am I coming to God so that I can get something from him so that I can get a blessing so that I can get a good thing from God but yet am I coming to Jesus and then just walking away because I got what I want but not listening to what he wants? Am I not choosing to follow him once I get the things that he's done because he'll bless me um, he'll bless you. There's things that he will do. He may not, you're not going to get everything you want, but you come to Jesus and you're not going to get everything you want anyways. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a vending machine, but there's still, his, there's still blessings that'll come in your life that are from God, even if you're living godless, but it doesn't, but there's no response to the love of God in that. The love of God that said, I love you so much, I'm going to send my son and he's going to die a horrible death so that your sins can be paid for, that everything you've done wrong can be washed away, so that you can have the ability to surrender your life to me and walk in the purpose that I created you for and walk in relationship with me and that you can look like me and that you can walk forth on this earth and you can spread my image. You can love people like you've never loved them before. You can walk with the authority and the power of my son. But in order to do that, you actually have to follow me. You can't just come to me for the blessings, but you have to come to me because I love you and I've got a plan for you. Um, So all, and folks, it's all that, all that came out of just two words. He sighed. (coughs) So it's really important when you head into the word to take the time. And when you see something that catches your eye, just stop. It may not be that that verse is that you've got to dig that verse apart and learn exactly what that verse is saying, but that verse may very well take you um, before God. And that's the whole idea as we read the word, as we come to him in his word. It's not that I'm trying to memorize and learn, well, why did he say this? Why did he do that? Why is this word here? What does this word mean? That's not what I'm after. When I come here, when we, and even when we do this devotionals, when I'm doing these videos, I don't want to just teach you about the Bible. I want you to to grab hold of the word to look at it and engage with God, to engage with Jesus and say, what's going on here? God, what do you have to say for me? And really the challenge that he gives me in this is to keep my eyes on him, not get distracted on other things, but to walk out what it is he is calling me to. Because folks, I know there's some very specific things that God's called me to, and there's some distractions that pop up along the way. There's some things that try and frustrate some of that. Um, I'm living in the same world you are, you guys are. And we're going to have difficulties, we're going to have trials, but to keep my eyes fixed on him, to not worry about all that other stuff that's going on, but just focus and impress on him because he loves me. He's called me with a purpose. So when you read the word, don't just get caught up in what's it saying, what's it saying, what's it saying, but stop and hear what God's saying. Um, Because a lot of what God said today, especially to me and hopefully to you too, isn't straight out of the text, but... It so matches his heart. It so matches his desire. And test everything, every thought that you get tested and say, okay, if I follow this thought through, if I, if I keep going down this road of thinking, if I keep going down this thought process, what's the outcome going to be? In this case, if I keep following this, if I keep following this thought process that I need to follow Jesus, that I need to not just be what he's looking after what he's, um, what I can get from him, but just give him my life and follow him deny myself, pick up my cross, following him and everything that takes me closer to him. That takes me down a road that would bear fruit in the spirit that would bear fruit in this life. So I can trust that. If it's something that would take me further away from God, that would give me a, a bad attitude towards people or other things like that. Then I've got to check and say, wait, well, maybe I'm not hearing God, but there's life in this. There's, there's hope, there's purpose, there's potential, there's love. Um, there's nothing in what, what God's saying that, um, or what I believe God's saying that would be um, against his word. So we've got to test all things. But folks, I just ask that today you would just seek him. Um, that you would seek after him. That you would seek to follow him. And that you would choose to just walk in obedience to whatever he reveals to you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for your words. I thank you for your truth. God, I thank you that you are the faithful one. That you are the one who desires not only to see it, have us read your word. To understand your word, but you speak to us through your word. And it may not even be in the words that are there, but God, you're speaking. Give us ears to hear. Open our ears. God, stick your fingers in our ears, that we would. God, stick your fingers in our ears, that we would hear your voice, and that we would hear clearly the things you're saying. But God, keep, our, keep your fingers in our ears, that we wouldn't hear the voice of the world as clear, but we would know your voice, and we would choose to follow you. And God, open our mouths to speak of the great wonders that you have done to speak of the things that you have done in our lives, the, the, um, the plans and the purposes you have for others. And God, let us use our lives poured out for you because you love us and you've given us such a purpose. You've given us such a calling to walk and live like your son that the world may know that you live, that they would see a difference in us and that they would be drawn to Christ because of our lives. Father, I just thank you for life change. I thank you for transformation. I thank you for your faithfulness. And God, I thank you that you don't hold back any good thing from us, but you give us everything that we need to follow you. And I just praise you and I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.